What's up, guys? Episode number 17 of The Powell Show. I'm Clayton Powell, your host, and I have a very special guest today, Kevin McClure. He was my manager back when I worked at Tommy Bahama, and he's a super positive dude, and I'm really happy he came on the show today. So what's up, Kevin? Thanks for having me, Clay. Appreciate yeah. it. I'm glad you're here. So, Kevin, I've got a quote of the day for you guys, and it's super simple. So it's, give this world good energy. And that quote just 100% describes Kevin. Like I, we, he's one of those guys that Leland and I, like my fiance and I, always talk about. Like Kevin is the most positive guy, and no matter what's going on, like he can come in a room and make people happy. So, how do how do you think like you keep a positive mindset during everything? Yeah, I honestly just try not to stress, no matter what I do in life. Um, that's kind of been the goal for me. No matter what I get into, I'm going to get into it for the right reasons. And I'm not going to get into a stressful situation. Um, I'm lucky because it's a good company I work for. And it's and I've had good co-workers. That helps a lot. So, um, But even outside of work, it, I try to like kind of just keep things simple yeah. you know, in life. Because... As we all know, it can get a little crazy. There's a lot of distractions. Absolutely. I think when I get negative, it's usually, like you said, I overcomplicate things. And if you simplify stuff and you, like, do what you love to do and, like, surround yourself with good people, it's it makes it a lot easier to yeah. have a smile on your face. Yeah, but that's a big part of it. I think the younger you are, that you learn that you have to surround yourself with good people, probably the better off you are. So... Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah. So I've always admired how you're one of those people like going into work or whatever it is. We were like, Kevin is always super happy. And like, no matter what's going on, like if a customer wasn't being so nice to you or whatever, like you still treat everyone the same. And, you know, like you never know what people are going through. So Yeah. Yeah. Like just don't take stuff personal and. Yeah, to, you have to brush things off, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, you have to have structure because that's always a good part of things. If you have a good base and you just know who you are and mm-hmm. um just stay within that. You're going to always face situations at work that, you know, are interesting. Yeah. Even in retail. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course with real estate, I do real estate as well on the side. So I uh, deal with all kinds of things. I've seen all kinds of things in homes. So yeah, you never know what your client's going to face next. Mm -hmm. And you got to be ready for that. So um, looking at things half full is always what I try to do. That's great. Mm -hmm. I feel like most careers and like a big part of life is just being able to talk to people. Like that's one of the things that in my career, like when I was super young that, um, I had to work at is just being able to talk to people in dirt in different situations and like adjust on the fly to stuff, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. everyone approaches a situation in a different way. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is probably just slowing down, take your time, assess the situation as it comes. Uh, everything, everyone's different. So yeah, it's, yeah. it can be tough. It can. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm glad we still stay in touch because it was fun to work with you back in the day at, yeah. at Tommy. 
So we're, we're all proud of Clay, though. I yeah. mean, he's definitely heading in the right direction. So, I appreciate yeah. it, man. Yeah. Well, one of the things we used to talk about at work and stuff is the Blue Jackets. We always, I could always talk about the Blue Jackets for a long time, and hockey is like a huge part of your life, obviously. But like specific to the Blue Jackets, right now they're like second to last in the division, right above Detroit and everything. They're kind of going through a rough patch what do you think is like the future of them the yeah the that's future? that's a good question right now it's just it's, it's a really weird spot we're in because we have less than five percent chance to make the playoffs this year mm. um and you're looking at a coach that's been around a while and he's handling things his own way that he's always done things one way and it's kind of old school yeah. it's kind of hard to tell if that's working uh, these days because you got a guy like uh, Patrick Line come over from the trade deal right. and he got benched a couple games after he started playing. Then mm. there was some news about that. Just a couple days ago, he benched the other guy we got in that same trade, Jack Roslevic. Okay. He's from here in Columbus. and um, So sometimes players don't react the way that they used to when you bench them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I just don't think that his style might be working for the present team. Right. But uh, we have a lot of good things going. I think uh, the young guys, the goalies, our defense is strong. Mm-hmm. Maybe we we should change up the captain. That would help. And mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, we're just, we probably need to change things up a bit and head in a new direction even though just a couple of years ago we were beating Tampa Bay in the playoffs right. in the first round. Yeah. So they, they definitely have flashes of being a great team and they have like a good core of people, like you said. And then like the coach is definitely under a microscope in a city like Columbus where that's our pro team, you know, like that's, we don't have like an NFL yeah. team or an NBA team. Like the Blue Jackets are, people are Blue Jackets fans that aren't even hockey fans in Columbus because... So they have very loyal fans that like to get angry sometimes when their coaches yeah. are doing like what they want. It's or, just what we're used to here in Columbus is winning because yeah. we're used to Ohio State football, and that's what the such a fans high expectation. Expect. Yeah, yeah. So when we're winning, the fans come to the games, and when we're not, it's hard to sell all the tickets. So I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is here in Columbus. You got to win, and that's a good thing for the team overall so because high expectations might lead to a eventual stanley cup yeah that's the goal that would be awesome yeah i definitely blue jackets games are some of the best experiences i've had honestly like being in being able to go to a couple of playoff games and the and then just all the traditions they have at regular season games it's just such a great atmosphere to be in like nationwide arena there's just so much pride and so much energy in there like even on like I went to a game with you just on like a normal weekday there'll be so many people like get off work in Columbus and they mm-hmm. and we all go and watch the Blue Jackets play mm-hmm. and there's just something really special about that yeah I, I think it's heading in the direction where you know next year they'll be able to have the full capacity again and mm-hmm. um, you know the team really feeds off that definitely yeah you see more and more um, places having full capacity like the texas rangers i think were the first pro team to mm-hmm. have a yeah full capacity and you know if like i don't want to get into covid too much but it is great to see that like more people are uh, like offered the vaccine like if you want the vaccine i'm pretty sure most people have had the opportunity to get it 
and then that opens up more opportunity for like sporting events, yeah, concerts, yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's good. It's good to see get concerts going too. Mm-hmm. So as far as hockey, it's been a very big part of your life, and you've had a lot of ups and downs in that. Kind of talk about like the beginning of your like hockey playing days and coaching and all that. Yeah, I played, it's a tough sport. Yeah, it is a tough sport. I didn't really get into it till I was about 14 and before that I was always a baseball player and then I got into hockey because of the camaraderie really is what mm-hmm. drew me in and the sort of like the locker room and um the early morning practices just kind of Yeah. they're they're good for team building. So uh, my older brother started playing, so I followed in his shoes. And uh, as a sophomore in high school is when I started uh, on the varsity team and got to play a year with him. He was the goaltender, and he was also the captain of the team that year. So it was kind of cool to play under him for that first year. And um, I played two more years after that, and... It was just great to... We were just lucky to have a high school team, honestly. There was yeah. probably like 10 high schools with teams in the Southwest Ohio area. So we were lucky to have a team and be able to compete. And uh, eventually, as I was a senior, between my junior, junior and senior year, I went to a Bowling Green hockey camp. And I had a hockey injury where I lost my vision because of a detached retina. And... I had a few surgeries to fix it. They couldn't fix it. I kept playing. I played my senior year. I played um, freshman year of Wright State uh, club college level. And then uh, after I was done with that because of uh, another eye surgery, I just decided to stick to coaching. Mm -hmm. So I decided to focus on that. Started out as a middle school coach. For the middle school team that was like seventh eighth graders at the time and then i went on to the varsity level to be assistant coach for four years and then i went on to be the head coach for three years and i got to coach a couple of my brothers under me and it was just a blast because we had a lot of winning seasons and we had a few tournaments we won one year we started 13 and 0 we had a the first tournament of the year for us was always our Frozen Creek tournament was what we called it, and That's it was cool. uh, we played all of our rivals in a tournament that weekend, mm. and we ended up winning in a shootout that year. That, nice. And yeah, and then we went on to win uh, another tournament the next two weekends, and we won our first three tournaments to start the year thirteen and zero, and we even won a game in the district tournament which in columbus here is the state tournament okay and it's hard to even win a game in that and we went we took gahana to double overtime and won that game and it was uh for a team coming out of where i was beaver creek yeah it's a little tough to compete with the big guys because you only have about 12 to maybe 18 guys come out mm-hmm. and so you probably have two good lines and you're just hoping your goalie doesn't get hurt and you don't get too many penalties, you know? Yeah. But that's great. I mean, and being a player and coach as long as you were, you definitely have a have to have a lot of passion for the game. And then it, especially with your injury and everything, like that would have made a lot of people stop playing. And then that just shows how much you love the game of hockey and how much like 
it was worth it to keep staying in the game one way or another. Yeah, hockey's a real addicting sport. Once you get going with it, it's uh, it's it's like I said at the beginning, it's it's all about camaraderie and team. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky enough when I was in high school to have a whole coaching staff. They were all Air okay. Force graduates. Wow! And they all played for the Air Force D one team, and they really like. If you needed to learn work ethic at the high school age, mm-hmm. there's no better coaching staff to learn it from. I had to, you know, learn what hard work was, face adversity, and yeah. fight through it. And so when I took over the team, I kind of wanted that same sort of atmosphere for the kids. Very structured and very hardworking. And we were definitely the team that worked the hardest out there every day, it seemed like. so. That's great. I definitely think, like, from high school sports to now, I think I take so many things that I use playing high school sports. Like, the <laughs> discipline that you get when you're in high school. If you play, like, I played football and then hockey. Like, those are very, like, strong-minded sports like you have to be yeah like somewhat tough and everything so that just Mm -hmm. and i just had a bunch of great role models as far as coaches and everything Mm -hmm. like just like you did and then it just like you can carry that into the rest of your life like how you approach a situation you know right and football or hockey it's like you've been smacked in the mouth and went to those 6 a.m practices and Mm -hmm. stuff like that you're like i can take on whatever yeah yeah it really is a good building block i think every kid should probably play a sport play an instrument and uh, you know get a job early and mm-hmm. you know it's a good structure yeah yeah it's just great to have things that you're passionate about like it makes it a lot easier to go work hard when it's something you love to do you know yeah like like playing hockey and everything i'm sure it was like sometimes your body's sore and you're like you get tired of it but you're like i love doing this and like you said yeah. the being around a group of guys that are all that have a common goal it has like a special yeah there's a good feel for that feeling yeah and it was hard to wake up some mornings it was i mean we had three practices a week and they were 6 a.m to 7 20 and you went and you know tuesdays were hard because you had to condition wednesdays were hard because you had to do skill games and then the thursday was just basically special teams so you worked on power play penalty kill and stuff like that and yeah there was that structure there for you but you didn't feel like getting up usually on tuesday morning when it was a conditioning practice yeah and you just had four games over the weekend Mm. which is usually what the kids do so um yeah and your your pads are usually frozen when you get to the rink and you (laughs) got to put them on and you got to get out there you know (laughs) yeah that's what it's about man i remember like and football and stuff like sometimes it's gonna be raining it's gonna be muddy you're gonna have like your your stuff's not gonna smell the best (laughs) you know like you gotta go do conditioning or like the super tough practice and stuff and like something about getting through that over and over again like the kids who are in organized sports i feel like have a like they have a jump on the rest of their life and then it's not just kids don't always have to play sports but i think that like I said, finding something you're passionate about and working hard at it from a young age is it's very good for the rest yeah of life. yeah it is it is and it's just like it's even more important to have a good structure of parents that mm. are there for you because yeah, I mean absolutely. I know I had three other brothers playing hockey the same time I was playing hockey mm. and I mean the, my two younger brothers are you know like six and eight years younger than me so they were doing their own thing my me and my older brother were doing our own thing so my parents were just running around everywhere to hockey tournaments detroit 
Canada, wow. Pittsburgh, Toledo. Sometimes they would be everywhere at once in the same day. Somehow they would make That's it to fun. a game in Detroit and Troy and come back to Dayton and find their way to make it to the last game, you know? Yeah. So they would work their way to do that. But yeah, I mean, without dad being there every game, without, you know, grandma being there every game, freezing her toes off, you know, <laughs> especially when she's sitting at the end where her grandson's playing goalie she would always clench her toes wow yeah so her toes would hurt every game and so yeah you gotta have that you gotta have that support no doubt definitely yeah it's a lot it's a lot harder to go out there if you don't have like a big support system like you said i was always very fortunate like every basketball game or football game i had family members there and it just made it that much better like all those practices and everything pay off when you can look up and see your parents and everything and like when you make a good play i'm sure like if you scored a goal or like had a big hit or do something it's just such a a unique feeling to look over and see your family be proud of you for that right yeah yeah it's something that it's you 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 forget about it now because you get older but it's it's something in the present that you need to just cherish yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i remember my senior year of high school my um offensive coordinator he was like dude I would trade any of you guys right now to be able to play one more football game and stuff. Like yeah. it, it never gets easier. Obviously, like you'll have great lives mm-hmm. and hopefully you guys become like husbands and fathers or, or whatever you want to do. But you're always going to want to play another game of football yeah. or another game of yeah. hockey. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. And that's funny because, I mean, the Air Force head coach guy, his name was Matt, Coach Matt. Mm-hmm. And he every year he coached he coached the high school team for 10 seasons and every year before the first practice he would read out of a coach k book and it was a section about the precious present and that just meant that you need to cherish not actual like material presence but the present and so cherish the present precious present and so that was just sort of a Coach K thing. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've always carried. And you, you do. You need to just cherish the moment, live in the moment, and do the best you can, you know? Yeah. yeah. Dude, half the, half the stuff that fuels me, like, in my job and everything is, like, little coach sayings like that. Like, I always listen to... Um, Larry Johnson, the offensive line coach for Ohio State, yeah, yeah. like, his, his one speech about, like, going to the edge and being elite and stuff like that, like... <laughs> He he's a very, he has a very powerful voice, and I admire people like that who and you can relate that stuff to to anything, you know. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, the the words just fire you up. Yeah, yeah, and can motivate you. Absolutely. So with your careers, like you said, you work a lot, and you have a real estate gig, and then you work at Tommy Bahama full time. What's like your favorite things about that? Like you said, working with people, but like. Yeah. Um, the clothes are sweet. Look yeah. <laughs> with, well, with Tommy Bahama, I mean, my favorite thing is just the company treats people right and gives you a, a fair opportunity to work your way up if you want to work your way up. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we just have, all, we've always had a good team, honestly. Like, the whole crew's been good, especially now. And um, with real estate, the most I get out of real estate is helping first time home buyers because yeah. it's the first time they get to, you know, experience that. So I get a lot of enjoyment out of just honestly just closing the deal with the first time home buyers. They're in their their home and um they're content. 
honestly, that's the best feeling for me. Yeah, that's great. That's mm-hmm. a that's a career where you can like firsthand like help people. That's something they're gonna remember like forever. You know. Yeah, exactly. There and hopefully, you know, if you did the right way and helped them, they will come back to you when they go to sell their home or, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they have any questions at all through any of the any um honestly everybody has questions about the market these days yeah because it's so crazy so um they just know that you know their realtors there for them in case they have any questions so yeah it's a good job it's some it's a job where you can pick how busy you want to be and you can work from home most of the time because besides showing houses and being at the closing really all you have to do is just be there through the process of making sure all the paperwork's done yeah so when you're going to show people houses and stuff like how in-depth do you go as far as like explaining like the building construction and like all in the area and like activities around the area and stuff like that like is that a fun thing yeah yeah oh it is fun because you get to first you know crunch the numbers with comps so you get to see what's sold in that area Mm. so what what has sold like if you were going to sell your home today what has sold in your neighborhood um and it's the same style of home and the same number of bedrooms so what you want to look at is the style the number of bedrooms and then just do it that neighborhood see what sold in the past year see what it sold for and that's gives you a good idea of what your probably your client probably wants to go in at or what your client wants to list their home at Um, but if you're going to show them a home yeah, you prepare for all you can, and usually the agent that's listing the home will kind of give you some tips, like if there's um, a cat in the home or something, you know? Oh. There's like a cigarette smell or something like that. Yeah. Um, they'll just give you tips like that. They'll give you tips of maybe what's going to be built in the neighborhood soon, so mm. you don't have an airport all of a sudden. In your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's a lot that you need to prepare for. Usually I go show a couple, few homes at a time to a client, so you got to prepare all those properties and make them feel like you know what you're talking about and what you feel like might be best for them. you You got to listen to their needs. Because if they only want to drive two minutes to work, you're only going to look right there. Yeah, (laughs) That's smart. Yeah, use (laughs) use what they're giving you. And then also, like, I'm sure you have to stay like strong-minded as far as like if you go show someone a house and it's like you personally really like that house and it meets all their requirements but then they're just like you know what this doesn't feel right you got to keep your head up and be like all right let me go to the like yeah see what we can do yeah and like i tell everybody all of the offers that you put in for a home are contingent upon the appraisal and the inspection Mm -hmm. so you you can feel safe about what you see in the home put the offer in and then if something comes back in the inspection that's just overwhelming, you can back out if mm-hmm. they don't agree to fix it. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a safety net, and clients feel a little bit better that way these days because you pretty much have to have your offer in by Sunday if they list it on Thursday because they're going to make a decision on Monday, and they're probably going to have all these offers, and yeah. that's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah, I have a few buddies who have been like, selling their house or getting a new house or whatever. And I didn't realize how fast homes will go in like three days. Like Mm -hmm. people put offers on houses like 
you know, if you list your house on a Friday, like you said, like Monday, there'll be five offers and yeah. you'll have to. That's usually how it is. Most realtors will tell their client, we'll list the house on Wednesday or Thursday, build the hype through the weekend, Yeah. get the open house on Sunday where you get a bunch of people and get your offers in Sunday night and then Monday you make a decision. It's pretty much uh, routine these days and everybody knows that if an open house is busy or if uh, showings are just stacked where there's lines out the doors, you're probably going to have to go over ask for that, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. about 6% over ask might put you in that consideration of maybe getting it. But you could also, you know, maybe put a, a little personal note on it too. Where you, they just feel like you're going to take care of the home and you're actually going to buy the home for the right reasons. Make them That's feel awesome. good about that. Yeah. Oh, in your offer you're saying mm-hmm. you can put Well, like a- not in the offer, but you can talk to the realtor and let them know oh. that this is a serious offer and that my like, client is hmm. going to take care of the home. So that's great. Yeah, it just it's a it's it's just crazy out there right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of opportunity in that mm-hmm. business. I'm sure it mm-hmm. it reminds me of this is a terrible analogy, but it reminds me of like how you said building the hype. It reminds me of like in the UFC when they get a fight together. It's like two people that have really like been on a path to fight each other, and they finally book the fight, and then like. The, like those last two weeks before the fight, it's like all, it's like all you see. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure that like putting out advertisements for it and talking to the right people who you think are gonna buy it. Yeah, like that's what I related it to. <laughs> well, you know, it used to be more that way because you'd have to after maybe ten days of a house not selling, you'd have to really get the ads out there and get moving on the you know advertising marketing. Yeah. And then, uh, but nowadays, honestly, if you market it right, if the client prices it right. And the home's in the right condition. There's not a lot you have to do besides list it and list it, you know, properly. Yeah, it'll go. Yeah. I like Zillow a lot. Do you ever look at... Yep. Is that like what everything goes through or... Um, that's not what everything goes through. There's a few different sites. Uh, really for us realtors, it's the MLS, but mm. you have to be a member of the Columbus Realtors to have a part of the MLS for Central Ohio. So that is really just a sort of realtor membership um, thing. So if you have an agent who's not a realtor, he doesn't have access to, he or she doesn't have access to the MLS. Okay. Yeah, which there's a lot of good things in the MLS that agents share and uh, things you just don't know about the home unless you have it. So it's nice to have. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. You've definitely taught me a lot about hockey, real estate. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> these things are interesting to me. Yeah. So as far as like entertainment goes, like you love playing the guitar, going to concerts, playing golf, stuff like that. Like what are some things that you're um, looking forward to in the summer and everything? As yeah. Far as- uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully by the end of the summer, we do get some shows back and we can get out to some concerts uh, my favorite artist to see is Dave Matthews Band, so I hope they can start nice. touring again. Um, I've been over, I've been to like over thirty shows to see Dave, and wow, I've been all the way out to Seattle for six shows, all the way to Chicago for a couple, That's Toronto, cool. and yeah, I mean they're just a really badass band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, traveling for like entertainment, like to go see. A sporting event or a concert or something that you like get a ticket to yeah it's, just, it's like one of my favorite things 
in the world. Like, yeah, yeah. Seriously, just like getting excited Damn. for it and going and reading about it and right. everything. And then being there. Like live entertainment is something that I like. I value even more now that once it was like taken away because right. yeah. go, there's nothing like going to a football game or a basketball game or a hockey game or something like that because yeah the fans the energy mm-hmm. yeah so it's it'll be good to have it back and the cannon the, yeah <laughs> the cannon of the jackets game and yeah just concerts i mean it's just uh it's a thing i think everybody in america is ready for yeah i remember <laughs> yeah. listening to um on joe rogan's podcast he was talking about comedy it, it's kind of the same as um a concert and the fact that like everyone is kind of focused on the same thing and like nothing else is really like their worries and problems and all that stuff goes out the window because they're all like having fun like they're all there for a good reason and it's entertaining yeah. yeah right and there's just something about going out of town to a sporting event i mean when i went out it was called the gorge in seattle it's one of the most beautiful amphitheaters in the country next wow. to red rocks it's rivals red rocks and where's red rocks it's in denver like a okay. boulder colorado and um the gorge is just about three hours east of seattle mm. and they call it heaven's amphitheater and Dave plays out there every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Labor Day weekend, except for last year. So yeah, yeah, he does. They call it Labor Dave, and <laughs> <laughs> and when you go out there, it's crazy because I went with a guy that um, was one of the Air Force alumni coaches, so he got us tickets out there, and we went about three hours early every night and we stood in line to run down to the bottom of the pit and we just stood in front row or like second row every single night and um it was just gorgeous that's great Mm -hmm. yeah there's nothing like live entertainment for Mm -hmm. sure and then as far as golf you said you love to just go out and play golf that's something that like it's like you're in you're outdoors like it's yeah it's pretty active like you're walking around you're you know yeah and i don't take it too serious so it's just something nice to do to get away from everything yeah you know is really what it is for me Mm -hmm. and go with a good group of guys and just go out and shoot some balls and for me i don't really care where they go and what my score is and that's it's, cool. Yeah, and I need know, to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Between ball golf, I call it, and disc <laughs> golf, there's it's fun. Both of those are fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Something that I was going to ask you if you're into is like target shooting or. Stuff I've like done like some. Skeet, I do skeet. Yeah, shooting I've done like some skeet here. shooting before. Really? Yeah, yeah, and it's really fun. Yeah, I haven't done it in probably like 15 years, but I used to do it in Hillsboro. Because okay. a buddy of mine had a farm out there, and we used to just shoot out there. And my parents had a, a place out there too, right outside of Rocky Fork Lake. Oh, and okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We would just like go drive go karts around the lawn, go fish because we had a pond. I love fishing. Yeah. yeah. Then we would play hockey in the barn and basketball in the barn. That's light sweet. off fireworks. Have parties like. Rocky Fork was where we got away when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was. We have like a little spring loaded thing out there that you can like put clay pigeons in and you know, you like yeah. pull the string and yep. everything. And then in Pataskala there's a place, um, the Bullet Ranch that has like 
eight different like shooters for clay pigeons and then like if you go with a buddy they you can just like be pointing at the sky and then they like pick where it comes from nice so then you have to like find it nice it's so cool and it's pretty it's really inexpensive okay dude like fishing disc golf and um like skeet shooting are pretty inexpensive yeah yeah activities yeah hiking yeah yep so you've been like all over the United States, it sounds like, right? How many, like... Yeah, yeah. So you've been out west. Well, and- I've been to Hawaii. I've been to Seattle and California. And um, been to Las Vegas. I love Vegas. Yeah. yeah. I haven't been to New York City. Would like to go there one day. But vacationing, growing up, we always went to Myrtle Beach every year. That's where my parents are retired now, so... Okay. Did they, like have their careers in ohio and stuff yeah my dad was a dentist in dayton so he moved down well he retired right before covid hit and that's good yeah and that was really good really fortunate good timing and then now they're permanent citizens down in south carolina and we go down and see them every year and i get to bring my dog eddie Mm. and we uh and usually my brother comes along too and we just get to enjoy the beach life for week two weeks out of the year that's fun man mm-hmm. so how old's your dog eddie i'm looking at my dog right now i think yeah he's, he's uh four and a half and he's about 90 pounds and he's a english cream golden retriever that's so great. we have a lot of fun i run an instagram for him <laughs> eddie the good boy oh so, i gotta follow him yeah eddie the good boy is on that's instagram funny. and go we follow have, i have a lot of fun doing that so yeah, yeah. Go follow i know him. a lot of people have like, i know um who is it like jake paul his dog has like two million followers on instagram <laughs> and then justin fields has one it's called uno fields okay that's his dog's name is uno. okay that's cool so yeah a dog is like truly a man's best friend i heard on impulsive i was watching that podcast and they were like we truly don't deserve dogs like they're they're so awesome and they express yeah. so much and it's funny yeah. how they have personalities without even having words you know like they yeah every animal has like their own little like quirks yeah they know what's going on mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's great um it makes every day better that's what i tell everybody having a dog you know yeah brings a lot of positive energy seems like to your life so Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so you said you like to vacation to myrtle beach a lot so what are your favorite spots like if you're just gonna pick a place to go like you said, you've been around the country. Have you ever been out of the country? Uh, only to Canada and Mexico. Um, we went to like an all-inclusive thing in Mexico. That was fun. Uh, Toronto, I like because it's clean city and mm-hmm. a lot of hockey. The Hall of Fame's there and That's stuff cool. like that. But uh, I would have to choose Maui over anywhere else. Uh, That's awesome. Out of anywhere, anywhere you'd even go in Hawaii, I just enjoy the the atmosphere of maui because it's laid back and um great restaurants traditional luau's good hiking and stuff like that yeah that's a bucket list thing for me my my parents got married in hawaii and they're about to go back this year okay this first time since they got married like 25 years ago or whatever so that'll be really cool and they always talk about how like just magical it is like it feels it's crazy to think it's like the united states you know it sounds funny but like i know it's just a whole other world Usually your layovers in Phoenix or LA, and when you go and you fly, you're expecting to be in Hawaii soon, and you're not because it's oh. like a six-hour flight. 
over the water. So yeah, it's it's a good fight, and you feel like you're really out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the longest flight I've been on was to Vegas, and I was like, it felt pretty long. I bet. I, I bet. I'm used to yeah. like short flights to like Florida or mm-hmm. wherever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vegas but, is pretty long. Yeah, actually, it's a beautiful like. Once you get close, though, like seeing the Grand Canyon and everything, like yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I run Eddie's Instagram and pretty much uh, <laughs> I need to go golfing him. and play hockey here and there. It's Eddie the Good Boy. All right. <laughs> That's a pretty good like tag. I'm surprised that wasn't taken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> good boy. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was. Uh, that's part of what I do in my free time. But honestly, besides work, I don't have a lot of it. So I'm usually hiking with Eddie at the High Banks Metro Park, or that's great. Uh, yeah, or up at Zaftig, having mm-hmm. a couple of beers with him. Nice. Yeah. With him, <laughs> get him a dog bowl. Yeah, he he eats the dog <laughs> treats, which are actually infused with beer. Oh my! Yeah, they uh, there's a company called Growlers Dog Bones. Mm. and they hire special needs kids and they all make the um dog bones out of the you know remnants left over from the brewing process out of the breweries they pick it up and they all make it and then they drop off the treats to the breweries and they've they've even started to get into some local grocery stores and stuff so that is very interesting yeah growlers dog bones yeah shout out shout out to them yeah (laughs) Right? <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, so they sell treats up at Zaftig, so Eddie's usually eating the treats while I'm drinking the beer. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was telling you, there's not a lot of places in Ohio that are dog-friendly. Like, growing up in Ohio, that's not something you think about, like, seeing dogs all over the place. And I was saying, like, down south, and then that place you were talking about, it's really cool to have dogs everywhere. Yeah, I wish we had a little more dog-friendliness around here, because, I mean, I drove down to Atlanta a year ago and there's this place called fetch and they literally have an airstream that runs a bar and then there's the dog park that has the astroturf and they just have dog referees if anything goes wrong (laughs) there's potty that needs picked up the dog referees get it and you can pretty much just sit back drink relax while your dog has fun so that's great yeah i wish we had something like that here yeah yeah look at my dog he just got no worries yeah, your dog's uh, <laughs> a little over 100 pounds, so he's a big boy. Yeah, he does. The Amazon drivers will not get out of the car. If he's if he's out like this, he'll run up to him, and they're like, put him inside, or we're not coming out. For sure. Which totally makes sense. Well, he does look like a horse. Yeah. That, that makes sense, yeah. That's funny. Do you want to play a song for us? Yeah, let's jam a little bit. Yeah, yeah we're talking. It's great to have a lot of hobbies and like stuff that you're interested in. Yeah, it in, is, so. yeah. That's a skill. You said you've been doing it since you were like 14? Yeah, about 17. I picked up a guitar because my stepdad actually bought me one. So, yeah. Steal the show. This is actually a really traditional song. It's one Dave Matthews covered. And... It's a drinking song. It's called Rye Whiskey. I need to check out Dave Matthews. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, I, it sounds very familiar, but... Yeah, it's... Uh, this song was actually written in 1913. Wow. So it's an old one. Yeah, and... That's good. 
he was over in Italy covering the song and he said it was a traditional song so I looked it up and it, it really is so awesome. it's yeah it's called Rye Whiskey Dave Matthews was doing a cover of it. Yeah, that's how you heard it. Yeah, so he was, was in just, Italy doing it. So do you know who wrote it? Just some guy. Yeah, um, actually, it was a really weird name of the band at the time. It was uh, Fiddlin' John Carson, mm. and the Drunkards Hiccups was wow. the actual name of the song at the time. And now it's Rye Whiskey, so it's just kind of developed. So it's kind of crazy. That's cool. Yeah. But I'll do one more. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if you've heard this song. It's actually a Luke Combs song. What is it? Um, what do you do when it's raining? And it's not even released. It's something he just like put out on Instagram maybe five months ago. So. Yeah, his Instagram is gold. All yeah. The, all those guys, like the unreleased songs, I love it. Yeah. So he's uh, he hasn't released it yet, but he's talked about it. So I'm waiting on it. Yeah. But this is what do you do when it's raining? 
can be crazy, drive you insane sometimes. Leave you looking for answers, asking yourself why. Things happen the way they do when nothing's going right. Oh, that's what storms do till they pass on through. Grab you some whiskey and some place to ride it out Oh, and just enjoy the gray And hold on for better days Till the sunshine shines again We'll take you a seat and touch you a needle to vinyl a little Isabel Southeast and get yourself lost for a while. Well, when it starts coming down, it ain't hard to figure out. What do you do when it's raining? What do you do when the clouds come rolling? Grab you some whiskey and some place to ride it at Oh, just enjoy the gray And hold on for better days Till the sunshine shines again Oh, just enjoy the gray And hold on for better days Till the sunshine shines again yeah, so that's, that's awesome. I'm hoping he releases that one. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. When do you get to? Do you just get to play like by yourself? Is that something you? Yeah, do honestly, or? that's more something I do like in the morning when I'm drinking my coffee. Yeah. You know, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's that's something to like. That's like a very expressive hobby. Yeah, it is, and it's something that you definitely have to practice because I'm mm-hmm. telling you, my fingers are just like. I don't have fingerprints on my fingers, basically, because oh. the calluses you have to build up. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you just keep playing and playing and playing, it's like something you can always do forever. Kind of like golf, you yeah. know. You can pretty much do it till you're really old. So yeah, that's great, man. That just brought a whole new aspect to the show. That's, yeah, that's what we needed. And we didn't even know it. So right, yeah, cool. That's awesome, cool. man. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for having me, Clay. That was awesome. Yeah. So we have 84 subscribers on YouTube right now. And when we get to 100, somebody's going to win this T-shirt. So so subscribe. You can also listen to it on Apple and Spotify. This would be a great one to listen to in the car because you got the songs. You got Mm -hmm. your story. So, yeah, this was awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Had a great time. Have a good one, guys. Have a good one.